Talk Recorded live. Hi, friends. Thanks for coming. It's November the 15th, 2015. And uh, tonight I just wanted to talk about, um, I picked a certain subject. Um, can our creator, um, I forget exactly how I titled it now, the creator that has created babies, okay, can our creator that creates babies, can he also resurrect the dead? Now, when you think about it, you know, it's so fantastic. You know, when you see a a little baby born, you know, when you think of the, the, the depth that's been taken to, to create this baby, you know, from a sperm and an egg, and, um, you know, the DNA from the man and the DNA from the woman to make a, a, an individual uh, is, is just phenomenal. It's just way beyond our comprehension, and we'll never, we'll never understand, you know, how, how, that, how it works, you know, how we've been created, you know, in, in such fine detail, in such a depth, you know. And, um, you know, you wonder when you, you live to die, uh, whether our Creator can resurrect us, you know, from the dead. You know, when you, you think about it, you know, it only makes sense that He should be able to. You know, so it, it it's a, a nice hope to have, you know, to look forward to in the future that even though we, you know, we, we may die, you know, before His coming, um, we do have the opportunity of the resurrection. So what I wanted to share was um, some scriptures in the Bible where when Jesus walked on the earth, Jesus showed us in a small scale uh, what he was going to do on a large scale, you know, at the end of this system. And um, I'm just going to take a look at some some notes that I have here. Um, if there's some scriptures that I don't get typed in and you do want me to type in, please just mention it and I'll put them in. Or if you are looking in a Bible yourself and you need some time to look certain scriptures up yourself, try to let me know and, um, you know, I'll just kind of stall for you because I can't always watch the board and, and read at the same time and then type in. So, and of course, if you can, you want to come online, you're more than welcome to. Um, the first scripture I was going to um, take a look at, and I have it up on the board, and you've seen it here, um, is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 to 19. And it's talking about Abraham, um, who was a very special friend of God's about 2,000 years before Jesus was born. Okay, and then he realized back in his time that God could raise the dead because um, God asked Abraham to offer up his son Isaac, his one and only son Isaac, as a sacrifice. And Abraham was going to do that. And in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 17, um, I'm going to read what that says. He had faith. He had the faith that, that God would resurrect his son, you know, if he did, if, if Abraham did offer him up as a sacrifice, um, 
there's a lot of history that goes with Abraham because God had promised Abraham that Jesus Christ would come out of his seed. See, So Abraham had to have a lot of faith in God because if he was going to offer up his son Isaac, you know, where, where how would the seed come to be? You know, how would Jesus Christ come out of the, the seed of Abraham if he was going to offer up his one and only son? So he really, really had to have a lot of faith in the resurrection that there was going to be a resurrection. So I just wanted to read a little bit of history so we can, you know, get have the faith that some of the, the men and women did back then too, believing in the resurrection even back then in the Bible. Um, I'll just look that scripture up in Hebrews 11, um, 17 to 19, and read that. Um in verse 17, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he as good as offered up his son Isaac. And the man that he gladly received the promises attempted to offer up his only begotten son. Although it had been said to him, What will be called your seed? Will it be through Isaac? But he had reckoned that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. So Abraham had faith, okay? Like I said, he, he had faith that even though God was asking him to do something that he didn't totally understand, um, you know, God stopped him from, from doing the sacrifice, by the way, in case you don't know the story. Um, he just wanted to see how much Abraham really loved him, and, and he put him to a test. And Abraham was going to do it, and God stopped him from doing it. So God knew that his faith you know, Abraham's faith in God was, you know, 100%. So Abraham really, you know, knew and believed that uh, God would raise man from the dead. Um, Now, Job is another man that uh, suffered a lot, and um, he had total faith also. Now, yeah, I did put Job up here, and the one that I'm going to talk about here is Job. And in chapter 14, verse 14 and 15, and it's up in the board. Um, Just take a look at that scripture. Fourteen, fourteen. Um, sorry, friends. Job said here to God, "If an able-bodied man dies, can he live again? All the days of my compulsory labor, I shall wait until my relief comes." Okay. All the days of my compulsory labor, I shall wait until my relief comes. So he knew. You know, he shall wait until his relief comes. Because, like I said, Job suffered a lot. And, you know, there was, a, there was a time when he wanted to die. You know, he was suffering so much. and But he knew that God would, you know, would resurrect him. That he would wait for this relief. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to read a little further down in uh, verse 15. Job says, you will call and I myself shall answer you for the work of your hands. You will have a yearning. Okay. You will call and I myself shall answer you for the work of your hands. You will have a yearning. So showing that, you know, when he when he does die, you know, he will wait for his relief to come. And he said, when you call, I shall answer. Um, in Luke, in Luke 20, we'll just copy and paste that. Welcome guest uh, three. I'm going to copy and paste the scripture that I'm going to take a look at now. We're talking about... Um, can God resurrect? Will God resurrect? Can the creator of a baby actually resurrect the dead? Is what the title is for this evening. And um, I'm just going to take a look in, in Luke 20. Like I said, if you just want me to stop and slow down so that you just can look them up in the scriptures yourself, that's the best way to do it. You know, so you can actually see it for yourself. It has more power when you actually see it yourself. Um, in Luke 20, verse 37, it says that God is a God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. A lot of these faithful men, you know, back in, you know, um, the ancient times, it says that he is a God not of the dead, but of the living, for they are all living to him. So even in the the death state, they are still living to God. They are like in a sleeping state. Um, in the Christian Greek scriptures, the word resurrection is used more than forty times. Okay, the the word resurrection is a main teaching in the Bible, along with God's kingdom. Okay, it's a main teaching, because that's what it's all about. You know, are we going to be resurrected? Do we have a life? after when we die, so that this is a very, very important uh, subject for us to, to realize and have faith in, that there, you know, God promises, it's actually a guarantee from God, and as we've studied before, you know, in First um, Titus chapter 1 and 2, it says, God cannot lie, cannot lie. And um, I'm going to put a scripture in here that, that says about resurrections. It's in Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31. I just want to make sure that that come up there correctly. Acts 17, verse 30 and 31. This is talking about... Uh, the resurrection actually being a guarantee and a guarantee by God. You know, in anything that comes from God, we can trust. You know, we can't even trust guarantee of men, man, woman. But a guarantee from God, we can. If we have faith. Faith is important. Faith, we really have to have faith. Especially for things that are unseen, you know. So in chapter 17 in Acts, 
I'm going to read 30 and 31 here, okay? Um, True, God has overlooked the times of such ignorance. Yet now he is telling mankind that they should everywhere repent because he has set a day in which he proposes to judge the inhabited earth in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And he has furnished a guarantee to all men that he has resurrected him from the dead. So God has furnished a guarantee that he has resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead. That's a guarantee. Okay. Now, um, another example I'd like to to share with you about a, a resurrection that Jesus did was um, Mary's brother, uh, Mart or Lazarus, um, actually a friend of her, of hers was Mar- Martha. Sorry, Martha showed faith in the resurrection. Um, when she heard that Jesus was coming, she ran out to meet Jesus, and she said, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died." And seeing her sorrow, Jesus comforted her with the words. He said, your brother will rise. And Martha says, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Okay. And that there, what I just read, is in John 11. I'm just going to paste that down here again so you can see it. John 11, 17 to 24. And we'll just read a little bit on that that uh, conversation that Martha and Jesus had about Lazarus. And Lazarus was a real close friend of Jesus. Jesus actually wept. You know, um, he wept for the people mostly because he felt so bad for, for them you know, how they hurt. He, he really felt our pain. He, You know, he really knows how we feel, and he really cares. He actually wept with them. And we'll see the scripture. I've got the scripture here somewhere that shows that or tells that. So in John 11, verse 17... Just read from the Bible what it says here. Actually, I don't know if I want to read that far back. It's just so much reading, and I do want to cover a lot of material. I'm going to go down here to uh, 23. Um. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. And Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Like I just read to you. And then in 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that exercises faith in me, even though he dies, will come to life. And everyone that is living and exercises faith in me will never die at all. So that's kind of a deep one because you you wonder what that means. Okay, 
Anyone that exercises faith in me will never die at all. What this is talking about is like if God came today or if God came tomorrow and we were still alive, okay, we will not die. Okay. So that's what that means. I mean there's there's more that I can read to you and more that I can explain to you later on. But that's what it means. And everyone that is living and exercises faith in me will not die at all. Okay. Just like the time of Noah, remember the you know, the time of Noah when the flood came? and swept every, all the bad men and women away. But Noah and his family survived on through it to the next day, okay? So that's that's what that means. Exercise faith in me and you will not die at all if God comes before we die. So anyway, Martha had strong reasons for her faith in the resurrection because she knew many years earlier that God's prophets... <coughs> For example, Elijah and Elijah, with God's power, they had actually resurrected a child. Now, the next scripture that I have up here that shows that one um, is in Kings 17 and 17 to 24. Read that one. Them resurrecting this child. And this was men of God, okay? This was not Jesus. This was before Jesus came. But God had given them the power. I'm just looking it up here. First King, chapter 17. And it came about after these things that the son of a woman, the mistress of the house, felt (coughs) excuse me, fell sick. And his sickness came to be so severe that there was no breath left in him. At this time he said to Elijah, What do I have to do with you, O man of the true God? You have come to bring my servant my error to my mind and put my son to death. This is what the woman was saying to Elijah. But he said to her, Give me your son. Then he took him from her bosom and carried her up carried him up to the roof chamber where he was dwelling, and he laid him upon the couch. And he began calling to God and said, Oh Jehovah my God, it is upon the widow with whom I am I am residing as an alien that you must bring injury by putting putting her son to death. And he proceeded to stretch himself upon the child three times, and calling upon God, he said, O oh, Jehovah my God, please cause the soul of this young child to come back to him. Finally, God listened to Elijah's voice, so that the soul of the child came back within him, and he came back to life. And Elijah now took the child and brought him down from the roof chambers, into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, here, your son is alive. Uh, Upon that, the woman said to Elijah, Now, indeed, I do know that you are a man of God and that, that Jehovah's word is true in your mouth. So there's just another um, example of 
the power, the power of God that he can give to, to men and women, you know, and he has given to them in the past to resurrect and, and, and show. So these are examples for us to learn from, you know. We, we have to have faith and believe that these things can happen. And that's why when I started the show, I thought, well, when you think about it, when you think about a baby being born and, you know, the how complex, you know, the, the human body is, and when you think about it, if God can create a baby, then how, how simple it is for him to bring us back to life. You know, and he could have you or I do it if he chose to. He just gives us the power. He's got the power to give us any type of power that he chooses. And these examples in the Bible show us that that's exactly what he did. And and these examples are for us to, to gain faith, you know, to to believe and to have faith in the future and to trust in him. Um, anyway, um, there was also a scripture I wanted to look up, and it was in 2 Kings. So that's the next one here um, that I have up on the board. 2 Kings chapter 4. Verse 32 and 37. I hope I'm not going too quickly because I just want to make sure that I cover a lot of scriptures. Like I say, is my main goal, like I've always said. So 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 32 to 37. At last, Elisha came into the house, and there was a boy dead, and being laid upon his couch. Then he came in, and he closed the door behind them both, and he prayed to God. Finally, when he went up, and he laid down on the, upon the child, and he put his own mouth upon his mouth, and his own eyes upon his eyes, and his palms of his hands on his palms, and he kept bent over him. And gradually the child's flesh grew warm. Then he began walking again in the house, once this way and once that way, after which he went up and he bent over him. And the boy began to sneeze as many as seven times, after which the boy opened his eyes. Now he called Gehenzi and said, Get Shelzimir woman. So he called her, and she came to him, then he said, Lift up your son. And she proceeded to come in and fall down at his feet and bow down to him to the earth, after which she lifted up her son, and she went out. And that's in, uh, like I said, that's the Second Kings chapter 4, verse 32 and 37. So how thrilling, you know, that that would have been for these these women, these mothers and fathers back then, you know, to actually see these men of God, you know, with the power to do this. And this is what the Old Testament's all about, is leading up to Christ. You know, the Old Testament is, is leading everything up to Christ, you know, showing what Christ is going to do on a, on, a, on a larger scale. And there were many men, men of old that did these things, but we're, um, we're going to talk probably about... Um, 
you know, there's nine resurrections that, that I have in mind here that I wanted to share with you, okay? So I'll just move on here again now to... Um, so this is kind of an interesting one here. Um, Martha, remember we were talking about Martha, okay, a little ways back here. She knew about Elijah and Elijah. And so she had a lot of, this is the the woman that lost her um, her brother Lazarus. Now, she knew about these resurrections, so she had total faith that Jesus could do this. Um, because she had she had seen these um, these other things happen, or she had heard about them. This one's kind of interesting here. She knew that a dead man had came to life when he was thrown into a pit and touched the bones of dead Elijah. Okay, that's how much power that God, you know, how how He worked in this situation. It's kind of an interesting story. But I, of course, I won't get into it all. But um, some men didn't, you know, uh, you know, didn't like this man and actually threw him into a pit with um, dead Elisha. And Elisha was one of the men, the men that actually had God's power and was resurrecting back in that time. And actually, uh, this man came to life as soon as he touched the bones of this man. Um, Let's take a look at that. It's pretty cool. In Second um, Kings chapter 13, verse 20 and 21. Like, with God, anything's possible, you know. It's in... Uh, amazing some of these stories. Second King chapter 13 verse 20 and 21. So after that Elijah died and they buried him and there were martyring bands of the Moab Moabites. This was a group of people that regularly came into the land at the coming of the year. And it came about that they were burying a man. Why here? Because they saw this Marian band, like another group of people. At once, they threw the man into Elijah's burial place, and they went off. Like they just threw the man into the hole and, and left, you know, like threw this man in because he was dead. And when it says here, when the man touched the bones of Elijah, he immediately came to life and stood on his feet. That's, you know, I can imagine what you're thinking. It probably seems like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, check it out for yourself in uh, Second Kings. Um, I'm going to put that on the, copy that on the board here. So if anybody wants to look it up, they can. Okay. All these stories of resurrections are examples for us to see that the power of God and what 
and um, you know what Jesus is going to do in, in long term is is the points I'm trying to get across. Um, when you when you read these stories and you study these stories, they're just um, you know you'll understand it more. So any of the scriptures that I'm putting up here, um, like I say, if you want to look them up, you want to take the time to to look them up. Let me know, and uh, you know I'll give you the time, or we can discuss it. Anyway, that was I thought that was kind of interesting. Just to show the power of God, you know, um, if somebody wasn't meant to die, you know, they they would be resurrected one way or another. That was pretty interesting how that worked. Um, so Martha, you know, she she had strength and she had strength. You know, she she really had faith in the resurrection. And she knew what Jesus himself had taught and done. So Martha had been presented in Jerusalem less than two years before Jesus spoke part part of um, that that he would have been in resurrecting the dead. Um, he said, "For just as the Father raises up the dead and makes them alive, so the Son makes those alive whom He wants to." So he says, do not marvel at this, because the hour is coming which all those in the memorial tomb will hear his voice and come out. Okay? The hour is coming in which all those in the memorial tomb will hear his voice and come out. And there's, there's no no maybes or ifs, ands, and buts about it. You know, it it is going to happen. Okay? All those in the memorial tombs will hear his voice and come out. And that scripture is uh, in John, chapter 5, verse 21, 28, and 29. And I'm just going to open that up and, and take a glimpse through it. read that one with you because that's important. I mean, they're all important. Sorry, friends. I'm a little slow. For just as the Father raises the, de- the dead up and makes them alive, so the Son also makes alive whom He wants. I'm just continuing on here. Most truly I say to you, the hour is coming, and it is now, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son, and those who have given heed will live down in 28 it says do not marvel at this because the hour is coming in which all those in the memorial tomb will hear his voice and come out and in 29 it says and come out those who did good things to a resurrection of life 
and those who practice vile things to a resurrection of judgment. Okay, so there's going to be different types of uh, resurrections. We'll get into that after. That's interesting because there's going to be several. There's not just going to be one t- one resurrection. You know, there's different types of resurrections at different times also. Okay. So up until the time that Jesus spoke these words, there was no Bible record that that he had resurrected anyone. You know, when he spoke these words, he said, Do not marvel at this because the hour is coming when all those in the memorial tomb will hear his voice come out. There, There was no one resurrected at that time. Not by him, okay? He didn't resurrect anybody. But shortly afterward, um, he raised uh, a young man, um, the son of a widow in a city called Nam. And the news of this carried all over, you know, so Martha was sure to have heard about it. In Luke um, 7, verses 11 to 17, I'll just put that one up on the board. Take a look at that one. Oh, Jesus raising. Jim Child. It says, um, closely following this, he traveled to a city called Nam, and his disciples with a great crowd were traveling with him. As he got near to the gate of the city, why, look, there was a dead man being carried out, the only begotten son of a mother. Besides, she was a widow. A considerable crowd from the city was also with her. And when the Lord caught sight of her, he was moved with pity for her. And he said to her, Stop weeping. With that, he approached and touched her briar, and the the bears stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and started to speak. And he gave him to his mother. Just that easy, you know, just that simple. Jesus just says, young man, get up. Wouldn't that be thrilling, you know, to see that? Um, Okay, so uh, later Martha also would have heard what had happened near the, the Sea of Galilee in the home of Jairus. His 12-year-old daughter had become very sick and died. And when Jesus arrived at Jairus' home, he went over to the dead child and he said, Girl, get up. And she did. So um, that scripture is in Luke 8. I'll just copy that and put it. I didn't put the last one up. I'll copy that and put it on the board too. 
Luke 8, Luke chapter 8, verse 40. Means we're in Luke, that's good. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. And when Jesus got back, the crowd received him kindly. They were all expecting him. But look, a man named Jazareth came, and this man was a presiding officer of the synagogue. And he fell, at, he fell at Jesus' feet and began to entreat him to, ent- to enter into his house because he had the only begotten daughter, about 12 years old, and she was dying. Sorry, friends, I'm just looking at my notes here. Sorry, friends, I just kind of got myself lost. Anyway, and as he was going to the the crowd, thronged him. And a woman, subject to, oh no, I don't want to read all that. Because that that wasn't my point. Talking about a woman that had a flow of blood. I mean, it's, it's interesting. You know, I guess maybe I should read it. Um, a woman... It's another healing. It's kind of interesting. I don't know if you've heard this story. A woman subject to a flow of blood for 12 years, okay, uh, who had not been able to get a cure from anyone, she approached from behind and touched the fringe of Jesus' outer garment, and instantly her flow had stopped. All she did was touch Jesus' garment, and her blood flow had stopped. So Jesus said, who was it that touched me? Well, everybody was denying it. Peter said, instructor, the crowds are hemming you in, and they're closely pressuring you. Yet Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceived, perceived the power what, that went out of me. Seeing that she had not, the woman, seeing that she had not escaped notice, she was trembling. She came and she fell down before Jesus in front of him, and she disclosed before all the people, the cause for why she had touched him, and then that now she had been healed instantly. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go your way in peace. So this woman, you know, was probably embarrassed about the situation, you know, and all she wanted to do is touch Jesus, and, uh, and she had the faith. All she had to do was touch him, and she would have been healed. And... Uh, uh, just another, just another amazing a miracle, you know that, uh, that 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 came out of Jesus just from touching him. One that I I I wasn't going to share, but it just happened to pop in front of me here. So, uh, pretty interesting, you know, just seeing on a large scale how much you know Jesus, you know, really loves us and and uh, you know what he wants to do for us. And what he will do for us on a large scale. These are just these are just small things, you know. Well, not small things, but you know, this these are um, small in comparison what he's going to do on a large scale. So the one that I, you know, I got sidetracked from. I'll try to get back to it here. Um, 
Sorry, friends, my eyes are getting tired. I've been reading it on computer a lot, and I'm actually trying to focus to see. Luke 8, verse 40, I've read that. Oh, I know where I'm going. Luke 8, verse 49. Luke chapter 8, verse 49. Um, while Jesus was yet speaking, a certain representative of the presiding office of the synagogue came and said, Your daughter has died. Do not bother the teacher any longer. On hearing this, Jesus answered him, Have no fear. Only put forth faith, and she will be saved. When he reached the house, he did not let anyone come inside with him except Peter, and John, and James, and the girl's father and mother. But people were all weeping, and they were beating themselves in grief for her. So he said, Stop weeping, for she she did not die. She is just sleeping. At this, they began to laugh at him scornfully, because they knew she had died. But he took her by the hand, and he called her, and he said, Girl, get up. And her spirit returned. And she rose instantly, and he ordered something to be given to her to eat. And while her parents were besides themselves, he instructed them to tell no one that this had happened. So, can you imagine, you know, these parents, how they would feel? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be there at a time... You know, when Jesus was doing that, and that's what we've got to look forward to in the future, you know, to see our loved ones, you know. Can you imagine how we're going to feel, you know, if we get the opportunity to to see our loved ones? You know, that's the hope that we have. This is the hope that Jesus is giving us, and this is what he's trying to um, show us, you know, through the Bible is, like I said before, all these examples showing that he can and will do this. Excuse me, I need to grab a drink of tea. Um, A few weeks later after this, um, when Jesus himself was killed, and he was placed in the tomb, okay, and it was part of three days, the Apostle Peter explains why, saying, this Jesus... God resurrect, of which we are in fact all witnesses. The religious leaders could not even stop God from coming out of the tomb. Okay, and they tried. Okay, there's, um, I didn't manage to, I don't think I managed to get these scriptures into the chat, so I'm going to have to print them in. I just want to see how far I got. Um, Because I did try and type a few in before the, show started save me some work and and make the make the show go a little bit quicker if I could have got a lot of them typed in there I could have just copied and pasted them but I didn't manage to do that the talk show only gives me about 15 minutes before the show actually starts so not long enough for me so anyway I just want to chat a little bit about Jesus and his resurrection. 
and how um, how the the um, religious leaders even then tried to stop it from happening because they, they didn't believe it was going to happen. What they thought they thought that Jesus' disciples were just going to take Jesus' body out of the you know out of the tomb and then turn around and say that he had been resurrected. So um, it's, this is uh, the most interesting story as far as I'm concerned in the whole Bible. In Acts 2.32, get on the board, Acts chapter 2, verse 32. I'll look that up and read that. It says uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 32, This Jesus God resurrected, of which fact we are all witnesses. And I already quoted that. Okay, I'm going to flip it over. I'm going to flip back into Matthew. See, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are, you know, kind of basically kind of the same stories from different men. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and that's why we flip back and forth here to get across certain points, I guess we could say. In Matthew 27... here too. Lots of scriptures. I want lots of scriptures in here for you. Matthew 27 verses 62 to 66. Okay, so we're talking about when, uh, you know, Jesus was put into the tomb. The next day, which was after the preparation, okay, of Jesus, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together before Pilate, saying, Sir, we have called to mind that the that the imposter said while he was alive, which they're talking about Jesus, okay? They said, he said when he was alive, after three days, I am to be raised up. So these these people are saying here in 64, therefore command the grave to be secured until the third day, 
that his disciples may never come and steal him and say to the people, he was raised up from the dead. And this last imposter will be worse than the first. So Pilate said to them, you have a guard, go make sure it is as secure as you know how. So they went and they made the grave secure by sealing it with a stone and having a guard. Okay. So, you know, they actually called Jesus Christ an imposter. And they said, you know, if, if this happens, you know, this time, this imposter will be worse than the first. So, you know, they, they, they just wanted to stop this. They just wanted to stop Jesus and stop these disciples and stop this is going on. You know, these religious leaders and, you know, these ones that glorify themselves, they just they just wanted Jesus dead and gone, and they did not want to even think that he was going to be coming back. You know, they thought this, this imposter coming back the second time, it's really going to be bad. And uh, so that was their... Their goal was to try and stop this from happening, trying to stop Jesus Christ's resurrection by his father. So, um, I want to just slip over to, let's just slip ahead a little bit in Matthew 28, verses 1 to 7. Matthew 28. Chapter 28, verses 1 to 7. So after the Sabbath, when it was growing light on the first day of the week, Mary, Madeline, and other and the other Mary came to view the grave, and they noticed a great earthquake had taken place, for Jehovah's angel had descended from heaven and approached and rolled the stone away and was sitting on it. His outward appearance was as lightning, and his clothes as white as snow, yet for fear of him. The watchmen trembled and became as dead. So the men that were there guarding it, you know, it says here that they, they became as dead men, whether they just fainted or whether they truly died. I don't know. I don't understand myself exactly what that scripture means. But yes, for fear of him, the watchmen trembled and became as dead men. So here's his angel, you know, uh, moving the stone and, and sitting on the rock like uh, that would be... <laughs> You know, kind of startling. But the angel, in answer to the women, said, um, "Do not you fearful? Do not be fearful, for I know you are looking for Jesus, who was impaled. He is not here, for he was raised up, as he said, as he said he would be. Come, see the place where he was lying, and go quickly and tell his disciples." that he has been raised from the dead. And look, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Look, I have told you. So, you know, Jesus' resurrection, you know, was the most important resurrection 
in in the whole world history, you know, because it had such a major purpose in such a such a major reason, you know, um, his resurrection was um, the ultimate, you know, the ultimate sacrifice, which gives us hope. And um, without it, we wouldn't have a hope, you know. We would just be living to die, and we would have no idea of what God's purpose is or what God's reason, purpose and reasoning was in the past. You know, we wouldn't have any idea of history, um, you know, why we're here, where we're going, anything, you know, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. You know, God could have done it another way, but this is the way he chose to do it. He, and, you know, Jesus, there had to be a perfect sacrifice for Adam and Eve since they were they were perfect and they and they sinned against God. It had to be a perfect a perfect scale. You know, there had to be something perfect to balance out the scale. And Jesus Christ was that perfect balance, being God's only begotten Son. You couldn't have got, you know, a, a better ransom. There, there's nothing better that God could have given of himself than his only begotten son. And um, by resurrecting him, you know, shows that God has the power to resurrect and that God has given that power to Jesus Christ, you know, who is going to be our, our king, our ruling king. And this is why we can have faith in the resurrection because Jesus Christ show, showed in the past that, you know, God had given power to men and women, or to men, um, to resurrect in the past. And um, that he had resurrected during the time that he was here. And uh, we'll see examples uh, when Jesus died. Um, God gave, you know, through Jesus gave the disciples the power also to resurrect and to do healings. And um, so this this was, all this is, is to establish what God is going to do in the future, you know, what he can do. You know, basically setting, setting the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry, I'm getting tired. Setting the, the foundation, Jesus Christ was the foundation is the foundation for the future. So that's what all this is about, you know, and the resurrection is of course the the main one of the main themes because without the resurrection we wouldn't have any hope of life, right? Um anyway, to continue on, I'll just take a look at some points that I've got here and um there is another uh, Another example here of a uh, a man that um, Peter resurrected in a city called Joppa. Um, he had actually was listening to Paul speak, and he was up on the third story floor window, and it was late at night. And the boy actually, the young man actually fell asleep sitting up in this window and actually fell out of the window, and it killed him instantly. And actually, Paul went down and and resurrected uh, this young man. And uh, we can take a look at that story, um, if I've got it 
the right scripture here. Acts 20. Take a look at that story. As I said, Jesus had given his apostles, um, you know, these powers to do these things after he was gone. To continue to show, you know, because that this is what Jesus came for, was to preach the good news of God's kingdom and for the disciples to start spreading it. Okay, so the disciples had to do this work now that Jesus was gone. Okay, the disciples had to do the healings. The disciples had to, to preach the word, go all over the earth. You know, because this is what it was all about. Jesus said to them, go out, door to door, city to city, village to village, and teach this good news. So that's what they that's what they were doing. That's what the whole Bible's all about. Um, the New Testament is all about the preaching work that these disciples had done. Anyway, back to the story about uh, Paul. Uh, who is speaking. I'm going to put that scripture in here. That's in Acts chapter er, chapter 20. Verse, verse 7 to 12. And I'll read that. On the first day of the week, there was a gathering together to have a meal. Paul began discouraging, discoursing to them as he was going to depart the next day. And he prolonged his speech until midnight. So there were quite a few lamps in the upper chamber where we were gathering together. Seated at the window, a certain young man named Eutychus fell into a deep sleep while Paul kept talking on. And collapsing in sleep, he fell down from the third story and was picked up dead. But Paul went downstairs, threw himself upon him, and embraced him and said, Stop raising a clamor for his soul is in him. He now went upstairs and began the meal and took food, and after conversing for quite a while until daybreak, he at length departed. So he took the boy away alive and were comforted beyond measures. Sorry, I'm half stuttering here, my my friends. I'm and my, I'm just getting so tired. I was up at four o'clock this morning again. No, pardon me, five. <laughs> and I am just so tired. Um, I'm really very really sorry. So, thank God I'm putting the scriptures up here for you, because you can look them up too. Cause, you know, I I wish I could do these talk shows earlier, but but I I I can't. You know, because it's not appropriate for other people. Also, you know, because uh, everybody's got, you know, their lives and things like that, too. But 
I'm going to get back into a routine here. I've been my routine's been off for a couple of weeks, and I've been up like four or five o'clock in the morning. So this time of night, I'm just burned. I'm ready for bed. So I don't know how long I'm going to go on because um, I'm just, you know, stumbling over myself, and I'm really, really sorry about that. What I'd like to do is, this is a, a very interesting um, subject: the resurrection. You know, it's so important, and there are so many scriptures, you know, that need to be covered. I would like to make it another, another show, like continue on for another show. Um, Guest four, what happened to the audio? Okay, Um, guest four is having trouble here. Okay, let's see if we can help here. Guest four. Um, I'm going to suggest go out and come back. That helps. Sorry, friends, I'm just trying to help this um, this man or woman that's having trouble. We'll see what happens. I'll continue. So, we talked about, uh, you know, a few resurrections here. Um... There, there was about nine of them. I don't believe it covered them all, but um, there's nine. Rec- there's nine recorded in the Bible, showing that uh, God had given, you know, um, men and Jesus, of course, the power to resurrect. Um, I might just cover one small chapter, friends, here, and. Um, I might call it an evening because my eyes are just so tired that I I, I don't think I'm really doing this as good as I would like to. Maybe maybe Sundays. I don't know whether friends would like to get together earlier on Sundays, whether that would be convenient or not. It would be better for me because I get up so early. But anyway, what we're going to cover here is who will be resurrected. Okay? In the beginning... You know, it wasn't God's purpose to resurrect everyone because if Adam and Eve had remained faithful, no one would have to die, right? So Adam's sin brought forth imperfection and death upon everyone. So to make it possible for any of Adam's children to enjoy everlasting life, God arranged for the resurrection. So... What determines whether a person is going to be resurrected or not? Let's see what the scriptures say, okay? So in the Bible, it explains that there is going to be a resurrection of both the righteous and the unrighteous. Okay? It does say that. So it, uh, let's look up the scripture, Acts chapter 24, verse 15. Acts 24. Verse 15. 
good guess for him. Glad I'm glad you can uh, hear again. That's great. I just looked at the chat. Okay, so that fixed it. That's great. It seems to work. I don't know what, why that happens, but technology, eh? <laughs> anyway, uh, we were talking. I don't know how long you've been on for. We were talking about who will be resurrected. Okay, so we were just going to look up Acts. Um, Acts 24, verse 15. I think I've got a friend that's following in the show and he's trying to Skype me at the same time, so maybe he's not. Yes, he is. No, I can't do three things at once, my friend, so. (laughs) Anyway, let's get back to the scriptures here. Okay, it says there will be a resurrection of the righteous and the unrighteous. And I'll just read that right out of the Bible, okay? I like to do that. And that's why I'm encouraging you, if anybody has their own Bible to, to, to look at it, look it up themselves too, eh? Like, you got to see it for yourself. you got to make it your own. You know, and don't believe anything I say or anybody else in the world sort of thing. I'm just sharing what I'm learning, and and I don't know everything and anything. But uh, the little that I've been blessed to learn, I want to share and um, give others the hope, too. That's what it's all about. You know, that's what Jesus told us to do, you know, is uh, spread the good news to the best of our ability, you know. We're not going to get it right all the time, and nobody knows it all, but... um, this is what it's all about. So Acts 24, verse 15. says, And I have hope towards God, which hope these men themselves also entertain. This is Paul talking. Okay? He says, And I have hope towards God, which, which hope these men themselves also entertain, that there is going to be a resurrection of both the righteous and the unrighteous. Okay, so that might surprise you. You think, oh, the unrighteous, you know, being brought back to life. I thought God just wanted, you know, good people, you know, just all good. You know, so when you think about the story when Jesus Christ was um, being crucified, you know, at that time he was being crucified, that might help us to understand why God's going to resurrect unrighteous men and women also. Okay? Now, when you think about um, the, there was Jesus and two men, one on each side of him, okay, in the in the in the in the Bible, okay, and one of them had just finished insulting Jesus Christ. He actually insulted him. He says, "You are the Christ, are you not? Save yourself and us." Okay, so he was, you know, mocking Jesus and saying, "If you're the Christ, you know." Why aren't you saving us? Why aren't you doing something if you're so powerful? However, the other criminal, he believes in Jesus, believed Jesus, and believed in what Jesus had taught. And he turned to Jesus and he said, he said, remember me when you get into your kingdom? At that, Jesus promised. He said, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. So that man that was that was being 
crucified there beside Jesus, had enough faith that he believed in God. And even though he was a criminal and and, and there... Excuse me, I had to get a drink of tea. <laughs> Jesus said to him, Jesus forgave him for his past sins right there. And just as you will be with me in paradise today. Um, I want to put up that scripture so you can... Read that story yourself, friends, if you want to, in uh, Luke. Luke 23. (coughs) Verses 39 to 43. going to just take a look at it Luke, and see if there's anything I missed that's important but I, I think that's pretty pretty basic like I pretty much quoted uh, what's in it just want to make sure because that's an important one that's an important one to understand why why the Bible says that there will be a, a resurrection for the righteous and the unrighteous So, you know, even though, you know, we might know people that have died and, and, and we think, oh, well, they, they're not going to have an opportunity. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, they haven't had the opportunity to get to know God. And everyone's going to have the opportunity at some point. But God promises that. You know, he's a fair and just God. Okay. So I'm going to read that one there. Let's take a look at it here. Now, that's that's pretty much what I wanted to get across, friends. Was was that the the one man that was there being crucified with Jesus? He mocked Jesus, and the other one, he said, "You will, you know." The other one had faith in Jesus, so Jesus said to him, "Yeah, you will be with me in paradise." So, you know, when you you think about what what Jesus mean when he says you'll be with me in paradise, where is paradise? You know, um where was the paradise that God made in the beginning? It was here on earth, right? Was it not? Uh God put the first human pair here in a, a beautiful paradise in the garden of Eden, and when we read um that this former criminal will be in, in paradise. So in our minds, when you think of the paradise, you think of the earth. You know, when you think of a beautiful paradise, you know, a garden, a park. Um, in uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, uh, it tells exactly that. You know, in the beginning when God created the earth, you know, he created a paradise. You know, in, in, in the Garden of Eden. Garden, you know, Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve. And then he told them to, uh, you know, to take care of the whole earth, to to beautify the earth and to make the whole earth a paradise. So that was God's purpose in the very, very beginning, you know, was to allow Adam and Eve to have the pleasure and to enjoy, um, you know, turning the earth into a paradise. 
you know, getting getting to know the animals, naming the animals, and that was that was going to be their pleasure. Uh, that was, you know, to to have the blessing of of being alive and and to enjoy these things that uh, God has has given us to do. It's uh, it's going to be wonderful, and and um, you know, His purpose is going to happen. God is not to be mocked. You know, he created us and he created the earth and he and he created it to happen. And he can adjust himself to anything. He gave us the freedom of choice. We can make choices, but, you know, if we ask for forgiveness and we make mistakes all the time, we're in, we're in an imperfect state right now. So, you know, we have to have faith that we're all imperfect, okay? And unless we totally deny God and say we don't believe in God, we don't want God, we don't care about God, we don't like God, then okay, we've what hope do we have? We have none left. But as long as we, you know, um, do have, do do try to believe in God and do have a hope, we do have an opportunity of a resurrection. He will bring us back, and we are unrighteous. So that's why the Bible says there will be a resurrection of the righteous and the unrighteous. So remember those scriptures when someone says to you, "Oh no, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be perfect, or you're not, you're not going to be in God's new order, God's new system. You're not going to have anything to have to do with God's new kingdom." Well, that's not necessarily true. And we'll we'll learn this too, you know, about uh, there are ones that will not, there are ones that will not be resurrected. The Bible talks about that too. You know, like when you think about um, uh, Judas Iscariot, the one that actually denied Christ. He knew Christ and he denied him. He sold him for money. He gave him away for money. You know, and he was one of the apostles. He was one of Christ's disciples. Can you imagine? And greed got the best of him. You know, and it can happen to any of us. You know, we can all fall away. But he is one that will not be uh, resurrected, it says so in the Bible. Um, I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, friends. And I'm sorry about that. But um, it's just where, you know, where I was going. It wasn't where I was going immediately. But um, I just get rambling sometimes. I do that a lot. Um... So we were talking about the paradise, you know, where is this paradise going to be that Jesus was talking about to this criminal that was beside him? You know, and he was explaining that there will be a, right, a resurrection of the righteous and the unrighteous. So um, Jesus Christ will not be here on the earth with us, um, with the former criminal, you know, but he'll be in heaven ruling as a king over the earthly paradise. So, um, in a sense, he will be with the man, but he will raise him from the dead, and he will care for his both his physical and his spiritual needs. But, um, you know, you, you might wonder why Jesus would permit a man who is a criminal to live in the paradise. And so, like we, you know, like we said, the man did bad things, because he was ignorant of God's of God's will, you know, and this is why he 
you know, whatever he did, you know, he was being crucified for it. He was ignorant of God's will. So once he got to know about Jesus, then, um, you know, and he started to believe, you know, in in God's new order with Jesus as king and, and God as, you know, the our heavenly ruler, this man can have an opportunity to get to, get to know God. And um, there will also be others. There will be thousands of millions who who have died in ignorance. So, for instance, in the past, many people who died did not know how to read a Bible, or maybe have never seen a Bible. But but they'll be raised, you know, from the grave, and uh, they'll be in the paradise earth here, and they'll be taught God's will, and they'll have the opportunity to prove whether they really do love God by doing his will. So, um, I think I'm going to... That just gives us some ideas of who will be resurrected and that the unrighteous do have an opportunity to be resurrected. And uh, I think I'll I'll call it an evening there, friends, because I've just got so much to cover and a lot of scriptures to go over. So I think I'll continue it or on next Sunday. I'm just going to underline this here where I'm at. Unless anybody's got any questions they want to talk about. Okay. Thanks very much for coming. And um, basically, yeah, just to cover kind of what we talked about, you know, that um, God promises, you know, that there is going to be a resurrection and then we can... um, we can have faith in that promise because Jesus showed by example uh, when he was living here on the earth. He also showed um, by giving his disciples and other men and women in the world, you know, the the power to do that, to resurrect. You know, there's lots of beautiful history in the Bible that shows us, um, you know, that we can have faith in God's word, that we can have faith in the Bible. Um, there's a real interesting scripture. I can't find it right now. And like I say, my my eyes are tired. I can't even see my book. Um, and this one kind of makes sense. And I think I'll just leave this one with you. And maybe it's something that you can think about. Is um, if Jesus Christ was not resurrected, you know, this is a scripture, I'll, I'll have it for next week. If Jesus Christ was not resurrected, then of course our life would be in vain, okay? If there was, um, if there was no need for a resurrection, if everybody that died went, you know, somewhere else, you know, to heaven or to hell or whatever, then again, Jesus Christ's resurrection is still in vain because he was resurrecting men and women to show them that he could bring them back to life. Okay, But he didn't bring them, you know, the ones that he brought back to life here on the earth. 
He didn't bring them back to life forever. They still died again, as we all die again. So by Jesus being resurrected and showing what the resurrection was all about proves that Jesus is going to resurrect. Okay? If there was no need for a resurrection, then, then Jesus would not have, have to have had done this. Jesus would not have to have a resurrection. He would not have had to show us that he's going to do a resurrection. There would be no need for it. So it would be all in vain. Does it make sense? So there has to be, the the opportunity for resurrection has to be there because that's what Jesus' whole purpose was when he was resurrecting people, healing them. <laughs> healing them, um, you know, healing the blind, healing the deaf. And that's exactly what he's going to do here on the earth again. Because if everybody went to heaven or went to hell, then there would be no need for all these things that Jesus is trying to explain to us that he's going to do. You know, heal the blind, um, heal the deaf, you know, heal the speechless. So once you start putting all the pieces together of the Bible, then you realize that we are going to be living here on the earth. There are some that are going to go to heaven, and we'll get into that a little bit later, too. But um, anyway, the more we put the pieces together, um, you know, the more we study the Bible and, and read it for yourself, too. Study these scriptures for your own sake, friends. And, and um, you know, go over and over and over them, and every little piece you pick up, you know, every every week you learn you learn something new and add one more piece to the puzzle. And it all gets clearer and clearer and clearer. You know, and it, it, it just gives more faith and strength to continue and keep going and keep studying. So, again, thanks for coming. And I'm sorry that I'm not going to continue on longer. Um, if I've got, got any word from friends, you know, maybe sometime, maybe I'll try um, talk shows a little earlier on Sundays. And uh, maybe see see how that goes. Okay, this might be too late for a lot of other people also. People are ready to wind down after a weekend. And uh, maybe I'll try that sometime. But again, thanks for coming. Thanks, Cheyenne. Talk to you later, sister. Okay. All right. Call in the night. Bye. <laughs>